0: Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 76. This episode is sponsored by Rise of the Upreneur, the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So we have got a great guest for you this week. It is Robin Waite. Now, Robin is a husband and father to two young girls with a passion to help business owners set fearless goals and achieve great success. I love him already. Robin is a business coach, a regular speaker at various business events, and best-selling author of two books, including the recent popular release, Take Your Shot. He puts his decade of business leadership experience
1: to work, coaching clients to reach their goals. Robin, hello, and how are you? I'm really well, thank you, Jeff, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. I
0: am, I am so looking forward to it. As we said at the beginning, it's nice to have a Brit on the show because it's been a while.
1: <laughs> absolutely I'll, I'll have to see if i can find some more for you Who you might like to uh, to invite on yeah
0: i think we, people have been saying do we do you do you interview any english people and but it's yes we do as robin is very nicely dedicating and showing us today so robin <laughs> as we dive into this can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is the sort of your story and what brought you here today
1: yeah so um gosh that's a uh, uh hopefully i'll try and keep this as succinct as i can so uh but no so basically i um uh i'm I'm obviously like you said husband father of two beautiful young girls, my eldest has just turned four for about um sort of twelve years before that I was running a creative agency um and we it was a pretty successful business um grew to about a quarter of a million pound turnover. Uh, we had five or six members of staff we always used to kind of employ um, uh, apprentices as well because they're like sponges and they were just brilliant at learning but um, got to about sort of uh, four or five years ago and then I I started to sort of re-educate myself around and uh, started to do sort of personal and self-development and see the value in it and realized that that particular point in time that really um the marketplace for creative agencies shifted quite dramatically so words that were associated with web design and branding were free cheap weebly wordpress one-on-one etc etc and really people's perceptions of that industry were um they look you know business owners look down on on these agencies and they wanted to get us to do work for as cheaply as possible or if nothing if they could get away with it so um so actually i i wrote my first book um online business startup just after my my eldest daughter was born um, with a view to kind of changing some of those perceptions. And also like I, I never, I, I did a business course, but they never, really at university teach you like when you like to get down in the trenches and get your hands dirty they never really teach you what it's really going to be like in business so we you know through my early agency days we were kind of just doing quite a lot of trial and error and um uh, through kind of releasing online business startup realized that there was quite a lot of stuff that I wish I'd known you know 10 years ago basically so um started on this journey of kind of doing uh, into in the odd interview here or there started getting to invite invited to these speaking gigs and, um, a lot more consultancy work, which is very different from the, the time for money work that I was doing, you know, building websites and, and graphics and things like that. Um, and so, um, if essentially, um, a couple of things happened. So, um, I was. Uh, I'm a very keen cyclist. Uh, I don't know if you know much about road cycling at all, but sort of think think Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome, uh, hurtling down hills at 50 miles an hour or more. That's that's me. That's what I do on a Sunday morning uh, with my local cycling club. But this um this one day, about sort of three weeks before my youngest daughter was um going to, we had a planned cesarean for both our daughters, so I knew we knew what dates they were going to be here. Um, I had a bit of a breakdown. Um, and not my bike. I mean, actually, I had a breakdown and realised that basically I just Coasted through my agency as a successful business, but really I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and so I, I walked into the office on the Monday and said, uh, got some news guys. Um, obviously I'm going off in three weeks time on paternity leave. Uh, but, but when I do um, leave, you're leaving with me and uh, I'm closing the agency down. Um, and at the time I then had a, in that sort of interim period, enjoying paternity leave. And basically what it came down to is I didn't want to worry about clients and payroll and staff and everything else um during a time when i should really just be enjoying you know some a few weeks off with my family and getting to know my new daughter and all of this sort of stuff so so yeah so basically i just i shut the shut the business down um and then worked did a bit of work with my life coach and he said have you thought about um coaching Have you thought about doing business coaching uh, and the rest is kind of history. So I've worked with probably about 60 or 70 businesses in the last 18 months alone. Uh, at least half of those have doubled their turnover during that time. Um, and uh, you know, profit as well alongside that. Um, and as a result of, I spent about three minutes, uh, three minutes, three, three months kind of, um, soul searching and fact finding around who my target market was going to be, what my coaching program looked like, how I was going to help them, who I was going to help and all those sorts of things. And, um, uh sort of didn't really launch myself immediately, kind of just worked all that out for three months, so a lot of planning and designing, and then, yeah, just bit the bullet, opened the doors up and I managed to get fourteen clients in the first six weeks. I haven't looked back back at all absolutely love coaching, and I love like when the little you, you probably get this from time to time when you're chatting with people and working with with clients and things when the light bulbs go off over their head um and that is just for me i I could do this job without getting paid for it you know obviously i've got bills to pay so i need some money but but the reality is i love it that much you wouldn't have to pay me for doing this job
0: yeah yeah it's a, it's it's an amazing rewarding um vocation when it, you know there's many ones but there's nothing that i've experienced quite like it's and i mean it's interesting you say you come from a creative i came from a printing background um, oh, okay. before I started doing this. Originally confectionery, so that's a long story and a long journey. But um, I then did 14 years at a printing, conf- uh, a printing company, um, and it was amazing how, how demanding and how stressful that sort of job was the job massively
1: so and the clients always they want the work yesterday they don't want they don't realize that there's a process and a procedure that you've got to go to yeah i mean one of the great things that we we managed to do with that agency and this is kind of so my niche is helping service-based business to productize what they do basically so move Mm. out of this time for money trap because that's where my agency was and that's what we what i didn't like about it and and that part of that process was so for example there's a thing called design agency ping pong Uh which a lot of your listeners will probably be familiar with. So if you're getting a logo designed, you find an agency, you ask for a quote, they send you a quote back. Normally you quibble it and say, can you do it any cheaper? Eventually you accept it and the work starts. And the designer will then send you three logos. You'll like the font in one, the shape in the other. And, you know, so this ping pong match just goes and they do it. Then they merge them all together. And about two months has gone past by this point. And you look at it and go, I don't like that. Can we start again? You know, and after three months, eventually you end up with a logo. So I was like there has to be a better way. Um and we so what what I did is I mapped out the sort of seven steps that we we took our clients through on that that branding process. Um added in a couple of extra sort of nice to haves and then I thought why does this have to take three months wouldn't it be cool if we could do this in a day um and so we did we created a one-day branding workshop and we were actually able to produce more stuff during that time um than than we were producing over the course of three months for the client because the client was there with us so we got that immediate sort of feedback um and and as a result of it as well um we you know, you might bill for eight or 10 hours worth of time over the course of three months at 50 pound an hour. Um, and that, that's what the job was worth. But the one day branding workshop is fixed price, 1,495 pounds bosh you you produce the logo the artwork the style guide that goes with it the the imagery you're going to going to use along the photo, photographs you're going to use alongside your brand um and the clients loved it there was literally no resistance we could book them in next day if we had capacity and it solved a massive problem um so that's kind of the in a nutshell what i do for my clients now is help them solve those similar sorts of problems
0: yeah that, that's cool and it, obviously so you've been you've gone from that you've looked and you've gone okay i see i see that actually supporting and helping clients and and changing the way they they do their business in order for them to pull out their that time for time trading thing yeah. um what do you what do you think gets in the way of people achieving that success what do you think stops them from can kind of like you know they start they've got all that momentum they know what they need to do but all too often they sort of get stuck on that, on that momentum or or stuck in that treadmill.
1: Yeah. So, so what I've, what I've just illustrated there is that's, you know, that's a very practical tool that you can, you can give to any business and they can productize their service. But the thing which tends to stop, or there's three things in my opinion, which tend to stop businesses from um, taking that, that practical stuff and actually implementing it. And it's called mindset. So, and, and it's, it's not all about mindset. Again, these three things are, are, if you take, if you look at them individually, they are still quite practical. So the first thing I believe most business owners when I speak to them don't have a very clear goal in mind so and I I like to we can have several goals that's absolutely fine but I like to think that we should have one very clear goal in mind when we're setting about our uh, our day-to-day life, whether it's in our personal life or in our business life. Um, obviously, most of what I do is, is business-related. So I, I, I'm, I'll, as an example, it might be something as simple as, well, next year I want to earn £100,000. So if a lot of your listeners are kind of solopreneurs, you know, one-man bands, um, you know, that, you know uh, uh, sort of self-employed, um, this will resonate with them. But a lot of the time we have an idea and we just launch it with no real plan. It's like punching the um, postcode into a sat-nav. So if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. So setting a goal is like punching the postcode in. So and it has to be everybody will know smart goals. So specific, measurable, actionable, realistic and time bound. I'm not so keen on realistic. I'm a firm believer shoot for the stars. And if you hit the moon, that's pretty cool with you on Um, that one. (laughs) <laughs> so so but I, I I think the the specific goal is really important it has to be measurable um, it has to be achievable and it has to be it has to be within a certain time period so you know getting to a point a 100,000 pounds within 12 months because the beauty of that is when you punch in that postcode into the sat nav you then get a map and a route plan which takes you there so it's then my job as a coach to sort of start to reverse engineer that goal and say okay well if if every client of yours is or every product that you sell is worth a thousand pounds well you need to sell a hundred of those a year that's two a week you know you need to make sure you're booking enough consultation etc etc so that's the first thing is to set the goal the second thing then is um, in that reverse engineering process kind of creating that roadmap is working out all of the activities that will take you to that goal as well as all of the activities which will distract you from that goal so it's um it's quite a british thing like the what we call the limiting beliefs so the fear of failure the fear of not finishing what we started even a fear of saying no fear of failure fear of success so what tends to happen is um like i said is it's, it's very much apparent um with the clients i work with in the uk it's a british thing uh we don't like to let people down so if we say yes to something we can never say no to it and actually no is one of the most powerful tools so It helps us to work out what activities will take us to that goal, you know, um, and then you start to get down into the really tactical stuff. It might be, well, every time I produce a a LinkedIn post, it leads to 30 comments, three of whom who I follow up with a message, one of whom I sit a consultation with. And then for every 10 consultations, I get a client or whatever those numbers look like. But that's our roadmap, our activities. And then finally, and, and I think this is and you have you have to do all three, I think if you, if you only do two, you don't achieve success in my opinion. And the third one is, um, have having a strong enough desire. So like business particularly, well, life, life can be pretty hard. And I know it's all relative and first world problems versus third world problems and things like that. So it's normally relative, but, um, business especially you will, you will have always have good times and you will always have bad times and you need resilience, a really strong desire to overcome those bad times in business and kind of puncture it. Um, it's a bit like, you know, there's that, um, well-known story about the guy who was, you know, digging for gold and he got three feet away, ran out of money and had to sell his tools, you know, so that he could live. And if he just dug for three more feet, he would have, you know, found the biggest gold mine in the States or however the story goes. So, said so just just to summarise, and I've given a very long one. So got, you've got to have a goal in mind. You've got to have the right activities to achieve that goal, and then a really strong desire.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're so right as well because you, you you do find that so many people jump in, and either they don't have a very clear goal, or they've got 150 goals, and <laughs> yeah. they, then they spread. They don't. They, it's either or. They, they they spread themselves so thin, and and that overwhelm just completely stops them in their tracks. Because yeah. they're just going. Oh, hang on, what the hell? Where where do I put my concentration? And quite often, they so the goals are so far from each other, you know, miles apart from actually what they are. You couldn't even link them in the same kind of task orientation. They're just yeah. so far from each other, and they they kind of like start there, and they go right. Okay, well, I need to put two percent in here, and two percent in there, and two percent there, and it's like whoa. Just you you've got to bring yourself back and. Keep it simple because you're going to get either ridiculously overwhelmed or you're, you're so foggy on the direction that you want to go, you are never going to actually start anything because you don't actually know where you're going.
1: And do you know, what? I, I think I, I, I totally agree with that. And I, and there's a reason for it. And it's called the internet. And unfortunately, you know, in, I, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of stats. So um, 25 years ago, so just at the dawn of the internet age, there was 468,000 registered small businesses in the UK. Um, I don't know about other countries, but in the UK, certainly. Now, right now, there's 3.9 million small businesses registered in the UK. So, but the internet is supposed to make everything easier. We've got a global marketplace at our fingertips. You know, we can trade with anybody around the world and sell our products to them. But the reality is that there's 10 times the number of, there's no new ideas. There's 10 times the number of businesses competing for the same, um, you know, product service or whatever it is that you're, that you're selling or buying. Um, actually it's business is 10 times harder than it was 25 years ago. Um, because so many more people are doing it, but but we still think it should be easy.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And also, and also, that it's not just that. It's the impatience. It's yeah. we. We don't just think it should be easy. We think it should be quick.
1: As yeah. Well, and it's, you know. it's the same, similar sort of mindset. It's, uh, unfortunately it's, um, uh, the millennial mindset that's kind of kicked in and it's a little bit like a virus. It's starting to creep into the elder generations now. Um, and you see people saying, Oh, but I, I did Facebook ads and it just didn't, I spent 20 quid on boosting a post and it didn't work for me. And you're like, because you, you haven't taken the time to research, like we used to do 25 years ago and work, work out what, what two or three things work really well for your business. Because actually Facebook ads might not be the right thing for your for your business or your niche um and so you know you you, and it but unfortunately it's creeping through into the older generations i think there's a there's a certain you know um so I say youngsters coming through sort of um, millennials coming through now who feel it's their God given right to have instant access to money and all of the nice things in life. And even going back to my, my parents work so hard, you know, me and my wife now. I mean, we're not we're not that old. We're sort of late 30s, but we're we we work so hard. And I'm fearful for my children that they're going to come through and not have that same ethic um because of because of what what's currently going on in this generation yeah and it's yeah i agree i was gonna say it'd be nice to do something about it
0: (laughs) yeah and actually because the um one of the things we had to do with our kids my my kids is when um there was that thing was oh can i get this can i get that and we had to go how many hours do you think your mum and i have to work in order for us to get that for you just yeah. so they had to to understand it wasn't just a matter of flash cash, and there it goes because that's what the and also sometimes is you don't even see cash you just see this plastic card or this yep. or an, e- an email address pays for everything now did you know yeah. that tap, you know tap so it's phone on the thing yeah. and off you, go. you know so it's it's that it was that it's that part but the the other thing um the other thing that I think is really important that you talked about was that resilience yeah because the, the as you know, you talked about that sort of that breakdown that you had when you're on the bike. I went through my mental mental illness and my, my mental conditions, and I think is regardless of how serious they are, I think we we all, no matter what age we are, no matter you know if you're near retirement or if you're just starting on the the business ladder, I think there's such an important key is to make sure that you have this mindset that resilience is part of a proactive approach towards yeah. whatever you're doing
1: it's 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 just tenacity and actually i mean the reality is i'm probably you know how's my motivational speech going I'm i'm kind of probably painting quite a bad picture for people who maybe are thinking about starting up a business but i th- i think if you go into it knowing that there are going to be ups and downs then you can kind of prepare for it, and I think um, it, it's it's kind of being resilient, but knowing that you're going into it with there are challenges. But I think too many people just go, "Well, I've got a great idea for this business," but they actually don't have a great business for the idea, and that and that's when they come up against a hurdle. Because if you when I when I say you don't have a great business for the idea, it means it actually sat down and written a business plan and you've planned for the challenges. And you know you know it's like having a toolkit to be able, like a first aid kit. So, okay, there's challenges come up and I can overcome it. And it's and it's expected. But I know there's always curveballs as well. You can't you, you can't predict everything.
0: Yeah, and I think I think there's an importance of making sure people go into, you know, owning their own business, entrepreneurship, however you want to call it, with their eyes open. Because to me it's one of the most exciting and exhilarating experiences I've ever done. But it's also one of the most challenging things I've ever done as well. And I yes. think one of the biggest problems we have is that you know you look on social media, you look at an awful lot of stuff. This this belief that success is just a a viral video away, and it's so easy to get a viral video, or a, you know you just you just can quickly pull an idea out your head, and the next thing you know, you've got a you've got a, a shock tank thing going or a or a dragon's den thing going and they're going to give you a wad of money and everything's fixed there is an element where you know I'm all I'm like you I'm all for going out there and you know hit the, hit for the mountain you know go for the go for those big goals and dreams and try, and go for it because to me there is nothing better than finding a job that you absolutely love because 100%. you know because too many people fall into the trap of doing a job they absolutely bloody hate and it there that and, and don't get me wrong sometimes people have to do jobs that they don't love and all of that and i understand that well actually let me correct that you don't have to do a job you hate. Sometimes they get stuck believing they have to do a job they hate. Yeah. There's opportunities out there. You've just got to have the courage, tenacity, and will to go out in there and, and courage to search for
1: it. And I, I also think, like, sort of on top of that, I don't, I don't think people always see their own value either. Um, so I, I, interestingly, I had a um, an, an email, Tete tete with a um, a really interesting guy who, first of all, he sent me a, a cold email um, uh, essentially, trying to cold sell me some social media marketing, so I just sent one back and said, "And a he he got he got my name wrong. It wasn't personalised. He got my business company name wrong. All sorts of there was just problems in this email. So, I gave him some constructive." feedback. And I just said, look, if you want to chat about this, because I help people like you to resolve their sort of marketing sales messages and things like that. Um, but also I said, you're selling me cold. I know nothing about you. There's an email here is sent from your assistant. So I, I had to hunt for his name. And, um, I, and I, what I did is I actually sent him a promo code for my audio book. And I said, look, just hit, here's an example of deli- of giving value upfront. Like here's my my audiobook, go and listen to it. So three months later, I got an email from from the same chap saying, listen to your audiobook, it's fantastic. I would really love to speak to you. And it transpired that he was a 21-year-old, um, and he'd been running a YouTube channel since he was 14, making 80,000 pounds a year. Right? And I and I was just absolutely staggered. And he was like, But I want more, I want more. I was like, do you not realize what you've you've done there like you're doing something that no other 21 year old really is doing. There's, you know, there's a few guys out there, Zoella and a few of the big guys, Yeah. but you're, you're a one percenter. You're like, you're doing, you, you created some massive success and you just couldn't see it. And, and he said, but I, you know, I want to set up this other business and, uh, you know, how I've grown my YouTube channel is around social media. I was like, but again, like recognizing your value. I said, your value isn't in social media. Your value is in YouTube channels, like optimizing YouTube channels. So why, why aren't you going to businesses saying like, okay, social media is a, le- a lever like, but YouTube is your, how you've monetized everything. So why are not you like, if you come to me with an email and said, Rob, you've got a great YouTube channel. I've watched some of your videos and I reckon I can help you get double the number of visitors. I'd be like that or uh, views. I'd be like, that's cool. Let's let's do that. And he was like, Oh, but I didn't think YouTube was the, the value bit. And I, I was like, But you've just lived in this YouTube bubble for so long. You're obviously like maybe like I was with my agency. Maybe he was a bit frustrated with that that industry and he quoted another guy who was earning ten times what he was doing the same thing. Um and I was like, But it but it's again, it's relative. Like you've got eighty grand a year and you've just bought a Range Rover that I would like to get. So yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like good yeah. for you
0: yeah but also is is interesting as well um and I, although this question is going to be asked later on, but nevertheless it i think also as part of the the key thing is is people don't have a clear definition of success for their own for themselves I, th- I think they're always looking at someone else.
1: And it's it, absolutely, I mean, this guy clearly was, um, but I, I suppose there's an element of also like, if you're moving too fast, you never have the opportunity to look back or look True. back with clarity. True, yeah. Um, and I, and again, I don't think, I think we're so caught up in this busy, like frenetic world making, you know, millions of decisions a day subconsciously that we, we quite often we just don't take time to take stock of kind of where we've got to, mm. um, you know, and, and my wife was kind of like, you know, we moved house in July and, um, we were chatting about, um, what our next move might be. Like, seriously, we bought the house six months ago and we're talking about <laughs> moving already. Right. And I was just saying to her, like, look how far we've come, you know, um, yeah. six years ago when we first met, you know, we, we were sharing this little, um, lovely little one and a half bedroom cottage that I spent four years renovating, you know, yeah. that I paid 80 grand for, and I managed to sell it for a lot more luckily, or well, thankfully. And, you know, now we're in this, sort of half million pound house over this fantastic view looking at 20 months something that we both wanted for ages and she was already like what next what next what next and I was like yeah. just take a look at what we've created here Yeah. Like, we've got yeah, two yeah. beautiful girls we've got this fantastic house plenty of room to extend it There's and like all of the time in the world
0: if you're an entrepreneur wanting to build a long term highly profitable business then we invite you to pick up a copy of the new book Rise of the Upreneur from best selling author Chris Ducker it's the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry while building, marketing and monetizing a future-proof business. Catapulting you to expert status in your market and setting you up for entrepreneurial success for years to come. You can pick up your copy of Rise of the Upreneur by visiting upreneur.com forward book or simply searching for it on any Amazon website. Okay, so what we are going to do now is we are going to jump to the second part of the show where I get a chance to put you on the hot seat, so to speak, Robin. So, are you ready? 100%. Okay, so, Robin, the first question is How much time a week do you spend on self development?
1: Um, pretty much every waking hour. No, um, I, so I, I basically have a, a mantra, which is, um, always be the coach. So that means when I'm coaching, I'm coaching myself as well. When I'm being coached, obviously I'm being coached when I'm speaking, I'm coaching. Uh, so, uh, and when I'm in the car, like driving to coaching in whatever format I'm listening to audiobooks. So I would say like, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, at least, um, in one way, shape or form. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Question number two
0: is what is your favorite personal development book and why?
1: My favorite book, which actually started my personal development journey, um, is a book called Built to Sell by a guy called John Warlow. Um So it's, it's told as an, a narrative, um, a little bit like my, my book, which I think I'll get the opportunity to mention later. But yeah. um, So it's told as a narrative. Basically, this guy meets um, a mentor to grow his business to basically sell it. And it's, it's really, really inspiring. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So who wrote that again?
0: There? Uh, John Warrillow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to search that one because that sounds like a complicated last name. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> question number three. might be my
1: speech impediment.
0: <laughs> question number three is what is your favorite app?
1: Uh, at the moment, it's got to be Slack. So I just i was getting notifications like left, right, and center on my mobile phone, and it's just getting annoying. So um, basically, what I did is I set up a load of um, uh, uh, Zaps. I don't know if you mm. know Zapier. Yeah. So I set up a load of Zaps, and it, it squirts all of the most important updates into Slack. So I have one app to check. Absolute lifesaver.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get used to that. I just cannot get my ma- one of my mastermind groups is using it, and it's it's I have a real love hate relationship with it but i'm 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 dedicated to try and get to try and adopt it maybe maybe
1: we'll have to have a chat offline
0: yeah yeah because it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting one the fact and i love that whole that whole idea of team communication and all of that sort of stuff as well so yeah we will chat uh, when everyone else is gone um okay (laughs) question number four is what is your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you
1: so my my biggest biggest mistake was um the fact that i stopped learning when i, I left university i've always been a, a little bit of i'm a bit of a nerd so i did enjoy my education but i also have a bit of a rebel in me so i stopped like i was like uni done never need to read another book um and i i well, that was a decade wasted pretty much yeah. um because when i started um i think actually audiobooks kind of changed my life audiobooks made sort of reading for me much more accessible sort of driving in the car and stuff but yeah i, I read a stat that the um, out of the top 100, um, CEOs in the FTSE 100 companies, um, they read something on like on average 40 books a year, you know? And I just think if you, if you're not reading, if you're not learning, if you're not sort of moving your, 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 your brain, like filling your brain up with, with information and moving forward, like Mm. honestly, I I can't, I have no regrets, but I wish I'd read 400 books in the last decade. (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i know because it's 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 interesting because it's it's when i went i kind of like call it when i woke up um yeah. and i started kind of like going through that thing it was I, and i actually understood that actually i had a choice of what i wanted to read because i think it's when i was at school it was like macbeth or something it was like uh people don't yeah. talk like that so please just it's not interesting but then it was, give me the Commando comic or something like that. That was really cool, but not exactly something that's in literature GCSE. But, it's <laughs> um, but you know, to, to, to then, and actually you, I'm the same as you, is audiobooks completely changed me because there's nothing more that I, I don't like sitting down and reading. But I yeah. love, you know, sitting on a chair, feet up with my notebook and listening to an audiobook because I get completely lost.
1: And and podcasts as well, so accessible, and it's yeah. just like such a broad like selection of different sort of um, genre genres and topics and things like that, and 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 free as well, yeah. um, which is just astounding that you get these just. But business and um, sort of entrepreneurial like beer moths who are just giving away their value for, f- totally for free, you know, and even even audibles like £7.99, £7.99 a month, you know, it's kind of a no brainer. Every business owner should have a subscription, should be subsidized.
0: Yeah. And it, it's interesting because I was speaking to a guest a while ago and they said that they liked podcasting because it was almost like a long form of journalism again, because which we seem to have lost there was It was almost like you know people want information so quick, and yet podcasting seems to have taken that back and allowed people to go through specific topic targeted but long almost like um like news shows, but specifically about their target their their topic Absolutely. And, they, and, and I love that and actually there's while um while I remember um try um have a look at scribe as well which oh, is a, yeah. a which is another um channel it's 799 and you can it's unlimited um audio books and um and books as well so oh, wow. um, okay it's brilliant so where audible uses the credits I'm not there's no sponsorship or anything at all um but if they're listening <laughs> if you would like to send me some um but um <laughs> but it's uh, but it's it's actually brilliant I've been testing it out over the last month or so so that might be that's one to have a look at as well
1: i'd definitely check that one out
0: okay so the um question number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them
1: uh well i would love to say that uh, i mean i love my kids dearly but um my kids and my wife are probably my biggest challenge um (laughs) (laughs) no i'm i'm joking jokes aside um like you know I, i I love my my work, and I kind of want to be working all of the time and I also want to be spending all of my time with my family so it's mm. it's very tricky getting that balance right a lot of the time. but the beauty is that because of the way that I've structured and i and I couldn't do that with my agency it was like it was full on you know eight o'clock in the morning till nine ten eleven o'clock at night most days yeah. um but with with the coaching side of things it's you know the sessions are much they they are a couple of hours or you speak at an event, or you guest on a podcast or something like that. And it's kind of in and out. And I can structure my my working day now, much more around my family rather than vice versa. So I actually drop my girls off um, uh, to nursery three times a week. And tomorrow, I'm having a a coffee with granny before I duck off to a coaching session at 10 o'clock and things like that. So um, but again, it took me 15 years to work that out. (laughs)
0: well yeah and it's 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 interesting because it's it's almost like the frog in the pan isn't it it's not until you're pulled out and you can like look at that and go actually i don't have to do it the way that my for me it was my granddad who was the entrepreneur saying that you know this is how you have to do it and everything else it was like well actually that's not it's just you have to look at it you know very much it's about working smarter not harder definitely and actually to be able to and again, I suppose it depends on what your goals are and everything else. If you, if you want to be a Gary Vaynerchuk, then that's, you know, you're going to have to be a small automaton, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's really what you're, you've got to be, but you know, and there's a lot of people out there that, that are focusing on the hustle, hustle, hustle. And, yeah. you know, and to me, that's the wrong message and sometimes it's taken in the wrong context, but it's, it's looking and then and going, depending on what you want, and understanding that it's, it, there's a balance, you know, it, it is a challenge with many entrepreneurs because they love what they do. And, but I think sometimes is, um, I always say is I work with entrepreneurs with common sense yeah, because I work with them that actually understand that the that work is not the only important thing that they've got. It's yeah. there's, there's, you know, and, and I know from, the 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 life sort of thing that I, the life experience that I went through I realised what I missed and it kind of like really taught me a lesson to go actually do you know what there's there's my wife who I've known since I was eight and there's my two amazing kids I actually need to put some attention back into that because in a moment's notice life can change
1: yeah and, and I, I I remember um you know there's that that common saying cobbler's shoes you know I have to remind myself even now and you know i'm not afraid to admit this but one of my core values in the business is is helping people helping business owners yeah and i have to i have to follow that through in all of my life not just i can't just choose to do it in business i have to do it in my personal life as well so helping my wife helping my um my my daughters you know lead a successful you know prosperous wealthy life Mm. um helping my my mum, helping my in-laws and my brother you know sometimes it's again you can get so distracted by business you forget the core Values need to roll out outside the business.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out?
1: Um, So, one of the key things around I I feel in business that most people forget is about building assets. So, uh, again, this is a millennial mindset thing. We feel that we can have a, a, a product, we can do a Facebook ad uh, send the Facebook ad out to enough people and then we'll sell some products. And the reality is actually people just don't trust that anymore. Hmm. So you have to have a a range of different assets basically, Hmm. um, because income will follow assets. So I mean, things like, uh, things that people can consume for little or no money. So we talked about podcasts and, uh, Hmm. books obviously. And, um, uh books, but also like videos, uh, the content you put out on your blog and your website and stuff like that. So the more assets you have, um, if you're asset rich, you will be rich in terms of like, you'll be wealthy in terms of um, pulling money back into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and actually, again, look at the personal life, um, you see people who are building assets in terms of like, you know, property and, uh, and businesses as a, as a personal asset and things like that as well. So it's actually, it's, it's vital build assets, basically.
0: Yeah. No. Fantastic. Okay. Question number seven is: What is your definition of success?
1: Um, so, this is, this one is a really tricky one. I mean, I I think definition of success is always identified like individually. Yes. Um. So, but but my definition of um success, I feel, is just leading a happy, healthy, and wealthy life, and yeah. having a positive impact on the people around you.
0: Cool. Brilliant. Okay. Um, question number eight is, do you have a morning routine that gets you prepped for the day?
1: I do. Uh, it's slightly disrupted by um, uh, a two and a four-year-old, um, the little terrors, But because yeah. um, it depends on when they get up. But um, we're slowly getting into a bit of a routine. My, my routine is always wake up straight in the shower. Um, I have a, a mint and tea tree um, shower gel, and I have a little, um, uh, which just, You know, buzzes me up a bit, gets me thinking about what I've got planned for the day. Um, I have my sit down and have my muesli, get the girls dressed and then go to nursery. And it's pretty much the same routine every day. Obviously, at the weekends, there's no nursery run, but um, Mm -hmm. then, then that's kind of going out on walks with the family and stuff like that. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Okay.
0: So the final question is the life lesson question. So you pick a number between one and 50 and we will see what life lesson it lands on. It is basically a final sort of topic discussion point. It is okay for you to disagree with it because basically it's a life lesson that I've sort of learned through my experiences. Um, so
1: Robert, pick
0: a number between one and 50.
1: Um, I hope it's not too boring. I'm going to go with my age 36.
0: 36 is, it's like the wheel of fortune without the wheel. Um, be wary of asking for people's opinions. So basically, um, the reason why is, is I'm always amazed when people ask for their opinions. And I've always been someone that wants to tell the truth. Um, but people were always knocked when you used to tell them your opinion. And, you know, the the basically it comes from, don't ask for people's opinion if you don't want to know. Yeah. And um you know it's interesting how many people want to get lip service and not know the truth. Yeah. And I don't see how you can grow, learn or expand in in many things if all you are actually expecting to do is go yeah yeah that's brilliant if it's rubbish or if it Absolutely. needs some improvement.
1: I, I'm, I, I. Uh, so first of all, I always take people at sort of face value and try not to judge too early. I mean, it's it's a, a, a yep. it's a really key kind of coaching skill. Yep. Um. But but also, um. If I mean, it's that dangerous, isn't it? If you judge too soon. But one and the yep. second kind of coaching skill is is to always ask for permission. So yes. if I if I feel sort of obliged obligated to kind of give some give my opinion on something, yeah. um, I will always say to somebody, "Is it okay if I give you my opinion?" yeah and more often Absolutely. than not, when you ask for permission, you're automatically opening up the door for them to kind of accept it, whether it's good or bad,
0: yeah yeah
1: um, but you can I, tell I, when it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah that's the thing if if you that sometimes brutal honesty it's like ripping off a sticky plaster you just gotta yeah. you just gotta do it because yeah. some sometimes people are so like um just locked away in and their their way of thinking that they think it's right but actually they don't realize it's harming themselves or other people yeah. um and you know it's kind of again it's like um think of the think of the really buff guys who go down the gym and like you know squat and bench press like you know 150 kilos or whatever Mm. you know those guys push themselves to the absolute limits so that their muscles tear yeah and being being truthful and honest with somebody is is you know and that's the way their muscles grow so yeah being truthful and honest with somebody is like pushing their their brain matter muscle yeah to those limits so that if yes. you're, you're tearing it, it will repair and they'll come out of it stronger. Whether they appreciate it in, at, at that particular moment or not is a different matter. But yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I also think know. it's a real key part of leadership. You know, if you want, if you, if you have a team to ask people's opinions, to put their thoughts th- forward and be open to what their thoughts are is, is key. I, I, have worked in places where it was like completely closed It's like, no, 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 you're not allowed. No, no. What I say is law and that's the way it goes. And it's like, you just, it just doesn't breed a good, a good uh, morale in the thing. So I think it's an important part for, it's, it's a, it's a great life, life lesson from in not only life, but also business
1: as well. Massively so. And I, I, funny enough, I was working with a guy a couple of days ago who was going through exactly that big big um, financial company with sort of thousands of members of staff in it. And he's, he's kind of just below senior management team and his direct line manager. Every time he goes to him with an idea, this line manager just shuts him down. And like this guy's coming to me for some sort of advice basically about, you know, what, what direction does he take with that? Because it is killing him to not be able to make an impact. On Not just that company, but the financial industry as a whole, like this one guy, let's call him Chris in the business, you know, he's just, Mm. he's just stopping. And probably not just with the with with my client, but also with every everybody else who reports to this one guy, Chris, you know, and why why does Chris get the right to kind of shut people down like that? Yeah, Um, he may have earned it. But actually, after a while, it just becomes totally sort of de incentivizing. Yeah absolutely absolutely
0: okay so robin the floor is now yours for you to share how people can get hold of the book how people can get hold of you and find you on social media so please take it away
1: cool so uh, my weight uh, my weight my website <laughs> is robin, wait, <laughs> robin wait. Com. um the books um on amazon so that's the best place to get hold of that so take take your shot i'm actually on the drive to get a few more reviews um, at the moment if any of your uh, any of your listeners in in the states are out there and listening um if you if if your listeners do leave a review of the book i'm happy to help them out with um, a couple of my learning courses that i'm happy to give them free um mm-hmm. but i've got a i'll also be setting up a landing page just to explain sort of uh what the offers are which would be RobinWaite.com forward slash success iq uh twitter handle is robin m weight um and that's the same for facebook and linkedin and youtube as well
0: brilliant thank you very much robin it's been an absolute pleasure and i just want to take this opportunity to wish you the greatest success
1: thank you very much and the same success to you as well jeff
0: This episode is sponsored by Rise of the Upreneur, the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show, that's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page, just search for Success IQ Podcast, and that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.